0: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with uh, Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Lauren Maffeo. Uh, She's coming out of MIT. We're going to be talking about how AI is going to be disrupting business, current and future. So, Lauren, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and then the work you're working on right now.
1: Sure. I don't actually have a highly technical background, and so if you had asked me when I was in college if I would be working with artificial intelligence at all, I wouldn't have even known how to... Known how to answer the question because I didn't know at that time really much about what artificial intelligence was. I went to college with intent to become a journalist, hopefully in broadcasting when I graduated. And so I oriented everything from my college major to my internships around that goal. I was a radio reporter for a while for a DC news station, and I got to intern at a TV station in New York. So I really tried to hone my writing and reading skills as much as possible so that I could go into that career. Unfortunately, my college graduation coincided not only with the hump of the global recession, but both of those things coincided with a decline in ad revenue within the news industry, and that had a huge impact on jobs. So, one thing led to another, and I ended up going to graduate school at the London School of Economics in London, where I again studied media and communications. And the summer that I was writing my dissertation, I was trying to figure out what I would do when I graduate, still thinking that I wanted to go into journalism. And I went to a networking event at a new campus in town at the time called General Assembly, which is a global education system for and institution for things like UX and product management and more tech-savvy skills. And one thing led to another, and I got networked into London's small but rapidly growing tech scene. So for my first year out of graduate school, I worked as a freelance media consultant for several London-based tech startups. And I also worked as a freelance tech journalist for online news sites like The Guardian and The Next Web. And so in my current position, I'm a senior content analyst for GetApp, which is a Gartner company. And in that position, I write about trends largely in project management software, but I also cover emerging technologies and how small and mid-sized businesses, mostly in the U.S., use tech like AI and blockchain to grow their businesses. Yes,
0: yeah, so let's uh, let's focus on AI. What, what are you seeing as the... Um... The emerging trends, you know, over the past year or two, and uh, then where are we headed in the near future? Maybe not far future, because. That's like wide open to speculation.
1: Right. We're seeing a lot of very high interest in AI from businesses. And so they want to know more about the technologies under that umbrella and how they can use AI to grow their businesses. And this is actually proving to be an enormous challenge because I, the public conversation about AI largely focuses on it as this monolithic, standalone. Thing that is kind of divorced from humanity, and that's certainly not the case. And more to the point, it doesn't acknowledge how wide the breadth of artificial intelligence actually is, and it doesn't acknowledge the wide range of use cases that you could possibly have under the artificial intelligence umbrella. And that has really difficult implications for businesses, because especially small businesses and startups that don't have a lot of resources, because if they don't understand the different use cases of AI, there's no way that they can effectively implement it within their companies to grow. And so we're seeing this even at an enterprise level. I mean, most IT and business leaders, over half of them, according to research, say that they're are issues with the, not having the staff that they need to carry out AI projects over 1 in 3 say that they have real trouble defining their AI strategy and over a third also say that they have a really hard time identifying use cases for AI and so so I think among the public we're at an inflection point where everyone has at this point, at least probably heard of AI to some degree, but that doesn't mean Mm. that they can articulate what it does. And then even among people who do have that breadth of technical knowledge about what AI does, they still really struggle to identify ways that they can use it to their advantage. So I think we're at a point where there's a lot of hype about it. There is also a lot of anxiety and disappointment because it's, It's touted as this transformative tool when the scope is too wide. And so I think the next few years are going to involve dispelling myths about what artificial intelligence does and trying to go really narrow with successful use cases of how it's implemented into businesses to help them grow.
0: Well, all right. So uh, what are some of the misconceptions people have about AI? Where is the disappointment coming from?
1: So one of the big disappointments is that it isn't driving tangible business value, a.k.a. it's not driving tangible revenue. And that is a mistake in and of itself because it's more, it's not just about tangible financial gains. A lot of what AI does as a business advantage is work alongside humans to perform tasks better than what a human can do. And the whole point is that humans still are much more adept at at doing certain tasks than AI. So as one example, AI is much better than a human at scanning large volumes of documents to find very particular information. That task would take hours, if not days, for a human to do, and it's something that an effective AI system can do well. On the other hand, uh, humans are much better at AI, at understanding perception and social skills and context. That's another, going back to your earlier question, that's actually another really important frontier that we're going to see in AI's fourth wave is teaching artificial intelligence that social perception and context that the tools currently lack. And that's an area where humans have a distinct advantage right now. And in terms of how businesses are using it, we did some research at Gartner uh, where we surveyed almost 700 small and mid-sized business owners in the U.S. last year, and we asked all of them how they're using new technologies like AI and what their plans were for using them in the future. So within that sample of respondents, we had 118 construction leaders in the U.S. of small and mid-sized businesses. And our research showed that one in three of them say that they're either using AI right now or they plan to use it in the next one to two years. And we did also see that one in five, 19% said that they have no plans to evaluate these tools. But then when you look at use cases of AI and construction and where the sector is going, the picture gets much more interesting because right now, For example, there's a company called Construction Robotics, which has a robot mason called Semi-Automated Mason. And the company claims that this robot can place between 300 and 400 bricks an hour, which is five times more than the average human. And and bricklaying is an example of a task that is really ideal for automation from AI because it's a task that's simple and predictable and rules-based, and so it's easy for a program to learn that task. And so, since many construction tasks follow this pattern, it would make financial sense for a small business to automate those. But the other thing to consider here is that we often hear the argument that artificial intelligence is going to, quote, steal jobs from people. And that doesn't paint a full picture, especially when you think about labor shortages in certain industries. So, when you look at small and mid sized business construction owners, the construction sector in the US is actually one of the most Quickly growing in the country. So, the construction sector added 210,000 jobs throughout 2017, which is a 35% increase over 2016. But they don't have enough people that are applying to take these jobs and really fulfill that growth. So, at the same time that the construction industry is booming, fewer people are joining. And so it really becomes an issue because close to half of the respondents to our survey said the biggest factor shaping their organization's business goals was availability of skilled workers. And so when we talk about robots stealing jobs, there are actually some use cases in some industries where the and mid-sized business owners are using the technology not just to save money and because it's more effective, but also because they need to supplement the lack of human labor.
0: It's kind of an irony. Yeah, People are worried is. about AI taking jobs, but yet there's not enough people for the jobs. It's weird.
1: Exactly. Well, exactly. And that's the thing is they're not getting enough. We've heard this from many construction leaders in particular, that they are not getting the applications for jobs. And so even in scenarios where you've got industries full of tasks that are repetitive and rules-based, that still doesn't mean if you automate them that the work would completely be done by robots. You would still need construction managers to perform a much more diverse range of tasks than individual isolated tasks like bricklaying. But again, we're not seeing the applicants to that field. And so that is another thing to watch with AI is looking for areas of your business that are able to be automated, but also thinking about Perhaps supplementing the lack a lack of human labor with
0: artificial intelligence where it makes sense. What's, um, what are the uh, main impediments you think to businesses implementing AI?
1: There are several. One is cost, and I, but I would actually put that further down the list than ha- not having a strategy for how to use it. Going back to what I said earlier, we're at a point where there isn't a lot of information out there about how to effectively implement AI within a business. And so if you start by not knowing how you want to use it, then you're not going to be effective in building out a roadmap for implementing AI, and you're also not going to know which metrics to track. And so a big part of the challenge involves use cases and knowing which ways AI can be used in an effective way. Um, And so, another way that this can be done is to assemble a team of experts within your company who can take different aspects of the AI project. So, if you're a small business owner, then typically you would be driving the pilot, and then hopefully you would have a technical lead who could work on the implementation. Another challenge is not having data scientists uh in on a team. This is a bigger challenge with small and mid sized businesses who don't have that don't have data scientists on their team because you're also going to need a uh, person who can comb the data in an AI system for bias so that they can make sure the data is healthy and not informed too much by outside influences. So those are some key challenges before you even get to the cost of implementation. And I think that cost of implementation is going to continue to be a challenge, especially for small and mid-sized businesses with limited budget. The good news is that we are seeing a lot of mainstream software vendors that are cloud-based and implementing AI-powered features into their product roadmap, and those features are going to be probably so subtle that the average user doesn't even realize they are using AI. But for small and mid-sized businesses, I think evaluating AI as part of their software selection process will become more prominent in the near
0: future. I wonder if people even know who knows about AI. You know, I can imagine you're in a business and you're like, oh, I heard about this AI stuff. But who do you look for? A computer programmer, a data scientist? I mean, I don't even know if you, what do you call someone that's knows AI, how do you get that person? That's
1: that's another key challenge. I mean so you've got and you have different roles to fulfill within that. So if you need architects to design the AI systems, that's an enormous challenge for every business regardless of size. It's estimated that currently only twenty two thousand people in the world have these skills to research and build AI architecture at a high level. And because of that they, the Architects who can do it are in huge demand. They can command enormous salaries because the their value in the market is so rare and it's interesting because you think about how you never in a perfect world want one person on your team to be the be all end all because if something were to happen to them and they were to leave your company, they would their loss would be really enormous and, and long-lasting. And so if you think about the value of an AI architect, even compared to the value of a a programmer, the, va- the value that an AI architect brings to your team is enormous because the cost of that implementation or their sudden departure is so great. So that's a huge challenge for everybody is finding the People to fulfill that. Another big challenge is the lack of education about AI. So I did a program at MIT Sloan focused on artificial intelligence for business strategy, which looked at machine learning, natural language processing and robotics, and then Discuss use cases for how to implement those specific technologies into business use cases, which really involves identifying which use cases are appropriate for those technologies, and then designing roadmaps to figure out what you would have to do to implement them. And there's a huge gap for that information as well. When I was looking at programs online specifically geared towards the business aspect of AI, there's not a lot being offered out there right now. So I think in five to 10 years, there is going to be enough demand for that education that you will slowly see those programs being built into MBA initiatives. You might see more standalone degrees about AI for business strategy. But at the moment, there is not a lot out there. And that's another risk with AI that I don't think gets discussed often enough is the current lack of education because there's huge work demand for those skills, both on the technical side as well as the business side. And right now, everybody's kind of flying blind because there aren't a lot of resources out there to educate the people who would fulfill those roles, let alone enough resources to help. Small and mid-sized business owners find the best people to join their teams.
0: Well, I think what will be helpful is uh, as this develops, people have off-the-shelf modules that people can plug into their business. You know, that are AI-supported. Maybe a uh, chat box, for instance. You know, for a website, or you know, gauging the intent of people that visit a website, or uh, I don't know, just data analysis. You know, powerful data analysis tools that are AI-backed for uh, for organizations. Is there any of that out there, or is it too new? We
1: are, No, we are seeing examples of chatbots being used today in a more broad way, and that's actually a really interesting opportunity in terms of future AI careers. So Gartner predicts that by 2019, which is just next year, more than 10% of IT hires and customer service will be hired to write scripts for bot interactions. And that's because advanced forms of machine learning mean that chatbots have the potential to make the customer experience easier and more satisfying. And ideally, this would be because the chatbots would be able to access knowledge about each unique customer and how similar customers have been addressed in the past. But the challenge with chatbots is that they need a, quote, navigator to help them give the best results to those customers. and. Programmers actually aren't the best choice to design those customer service interfaces. Instead, it's a better idea to hire people who have customer experience and are much better at internal communications and process articulation because they have more experience in customer facing roles. And so that actually makes them better positioned than traditional programmers to lead bot scripting for tools like live chat software. And so that actually makes them. Like I said, better resources to to build the decision trees that direct customers to the end results that they need by using the chatbot. And so, businesses that invest in hiring chatbot scripters they can gain a lot because if the right navigators can be hired to direct customers through chatbot tree decision trees, then it in a best case scenario, would need the next wave of customer interactions through chatbots might have less friction than they do now. And that's important because we're at a point where customers aren't sold on chatbots yet. GetApp did research, which found that at the time, more than one in three customers valued talking to a person above all else when they were shopping, and just 12% wanted no human contact at all. So this implies that while customers expect better service as they always do, they still don't trust robots and chatbots alone to provide it. They want a human touch that understands their need. And so to fulfill that, businesses of all sizes will need to consider the skills that will help them achieve that goal. And it, in many cases, will involve hiring a chatbot scripter that has more, quote, soft Skills and communication skills, rather than the straight up technical skills.
0: Hmm. Okay. Any other um, areas that you think would be really helpful to businesses, you know, right now that are that are being, I mean, that, that uh, companies are either providing need in or they should provide need in, but they don't.
1: I think the most important thing if a business is interested in AI is to go educate yourself about not only what what it is at a conceptual level, but also what the main technologies out there are. And then once you have an understanding, for example, of the differences between robotics versus natural language processing, that will give you more of a framework to look within your business at which tasks are rules-based and repetitive, and thus best suited to automation. And once you've identified those tasks, you can take the knowledge you have about different AI technologies to discern which of those technologies would be the best one to automate those tasks. I think the also the most important thing in the first instance is to keep the scope of your implementation as narrow as possible. Don't try to do too much at once, and because if you experiment on a relatively low-risk project with a form of artificial intelligence, there is a high chance that it won't succeed. But if you have done it in one particular instance to try piloting the results out, then you can learn from it and hopefully not incur too much of a financial loss. But something else to consider is to incorporate artificial intelligence into your software selection process if you're shopping for software to fulfill business needs. So there are resources that Gartner has on Smarter with Gartner that discuss how shoppers can find and interview vendors that say they have AI to really understand whether they do. There is a lot of hype about AI and vendor marketers sometimes take advantage of that. So it really goes down to being a smart shopper and understanding not only what AI is, but what it can do within software to help you either save time or money or both. And so it also is a responsibility of the, Small business owner when shopping for software to make sure that they're informed enough that they can ask potential vendors about what AI can do for them.
0: Okay, so what are some resources for companies to, uh, you know, I don't know, to find their feet in this niche? Where do they, where do they even start?
1: So Gartner has a, a wide range of research on this subject. Most uh, we are client focused, and so the majority of it does require a. Gartner account, but you can go to Gartner.com and if you're a member, there's a wide range of research on this very subject. If you're a small and mid-sized business, you can go to Lab. Dot getapp.com. And that's where I publish the majority of my work along with my team members. And regardless of which software markets we cover, whether it's project management or marketing or sales, we're all at, in one way or another covering AI and the impact of it on our software markets. So That's another free resource that people can go to.
0: And Smarter
1: with Gartner is also another great resource. So a lot of the analysts at Gartner will publish smaller versions of their research notes on Smarter with Gartner, which is another website that is accessible to anyone. So I'm biased, but I think our own company resources are a great starting point for anybody who wants to learn more about what AI is and how it can be applied across businesses.
0: No, I agree. I mean, if you don't know the basics and the lay of the land, then you're just going to get, I don't know, when you look at specifics, you're going to be confused and you won't get the whole picture. So I, I think it's a good idea. And I think your resources will be a big help, you know. So thanks for providing this. Thanks for giving me the
1: chance to talk about them.
0: You've been listening to Almost Here, around the corner future technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse